We are chatting to Anele Siswane, and Anele is a clinical uh, psychologist, and he is based at the University of uh, Johannesburg, and we will be getting him on the line to chat to us about how to cope and deal with lost grief and bereavement. How have you coped? You lost a loved one, you lost a family member, and it took you time uh, to deal with it and to come uh, to the point of acceptance to accept that your loved one is gone. Now, research shows that most people can recover from loss on their own uh, through the passage of time. They say time is a great healer. And this can also happen if they have a good social support and healthy habits. It may take months or a year or two or three to come to terms with the loss. There really isn't any normal time period for somebody to grieve. And there are different phases that you go through and our guest, our clinical psychologist, Anela Siswana, will be telling us more about that. Anela, good morning and thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, Kanye. How are you doing? I'm doing very well this morning. Thank you for asking. Today we're dealing with a rather heavy subject, but one that equally affects us all at some point or another in our life. We're talking about dealing with loss, grief and bereavement. Not an easy uh, subject to talk to us, but an important one uh, nonetheless. What is loss? Perhaps let's just start there. Please take us through the different types of loss that a person can experience. Um, loss is as a result of losing something that is significant. And what do I mean by that? Significance is something that is very close to your heart, something that is very, very important, um, that is close to one's uh, one's life. It could have been um, a loved one. It could have been a relationship. It could have been anything that is meaningful and that gives sense to one's um, meaning and understanding of life. Mm. And so... There are different kinds of situations or experiences that may lead one to experience loss, as I've explained, that one could be loss of a friend, it could be death, it could be losing a relationship Mm. or a transition of a particular stage in life, which some people may not consider that as, as, um, as loss. So there are different kinds of losses. There are those losses that we may say they are sudden or predictable losses. So sudden losses would be those um, shocking losses such as events that one may was not ready for yeah. or was not really prepared for. So things like accidents, losing someone over accident, having um, to lose your car over an accident. So that really falls under um, sudden losses. And then there are those losses that are called predictable losses. Right. So this kind of loss is the kind of loss that probably you were expecting that something may happen um, over the course of time. So one, you'll realize that in the course of predictable loss, there may have been a situation where one is terminally ill, so in this process, you may there are two layers of grief in the process. The grief related to the anticipation of the loss and the grief of the loss itself. Right. So what do I mean by that? As one gets sick in the process or as something happens, so one really prepares themselves that in the case if something happens, I will be ready for it at the same time for the grieving process itself, 
um, that one is ready. So yeah. there, are, there are variations in terms of, of all of these kind of losses and the impact that they have in one's life. When it comes to predictable um, loss, you, you talk about the two layers, the anticipation of loss and the loss itself. I have, though, at times heard people talking about a sense of relief when the person uh, passes away, not because they wanted them to die, but because perhaps the person was in such great pain that for them it's actually a relief when uh, their loved one passes away because they've reached a, a, a point where they are now no longer in pain and, and they're no longer, you know, suffering. Is 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 that normal? Yes, that is normal. Um, that's part of the the grieving process. Um, hence, they say the loss itself. By the time it happens, it doesn't hit hard as it would have been more of a kind of an unexpected loss or a sudden loss. So one psychologically prepares themselves for the impact that it does not become heavy. And it does not become about the person grieving. It becomes about the person experiencing the pain, about the person who's going through the difficulty. So it it is a normal part of development and a normal part of the grieving process. And remember, grief is a constant process. It is not an event. Grief is a process that involves healing, and that's a key thing about grief. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, I've, I've seen people who are still dealing with loss in a very intense kind of way, maybe five, six, even ten years after the loss of a, a loved one, and, and they say, I, I just can't heal. I, I find it difficult to move on. You know, I, I can't get over the fact that I no longer have my husband, my mother, my father, whatever the case may be. Is it possible, and perhaps this is a question I should be asking after I ask you what the different phases of loss is, but is it possible for somebody to stay in a specific place for too long? Um, there is no really specific um, duration mm. or length of the grieving process. Um, the, the length of grieving process is different for everyone. Uh, and what do I mean by that? It is an experience that differs from one person to the other. We may all experience loss or we may lose someone who was, was close to us. But mm. how then, in terms of the duration, it, it differs from one experience to the other. So at, at the same time, there is no predictable schedule that by five years or ten years, one should have been out of the grieving process mm. and because we grieve differently. So it is important that we, we are patient with people to understand that they may go through different phases of grief and that the length does not necessarily dictate or that does not necessarily pathologize because one would then say if five years has passed then it means you really really need to see a psychologist or someone that you can talk to to help you through the process and get over it so people have got this sense of after five years you must have gotten over it. Mm. Hence, I'm really emphasizing the fact that it is really about the process of allowing one to grieve in their own way that is meaningful and that uh, in the end they get supported.
That is very, very true that you should have some sort of a support structure because it can be something very difficult to go on uh, or go to go through by yourself. Let's talk about the different stages of grief. Um, different stages of grief, it's, 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 it's a very difficult process. Um, so one would then say there is anticipatory grief, um, as I've just explained, um, there is normal grief. That is normal grief that one gives normally, as one would expect, but there's no duration. There's delayed grief. That kind of grief where something happens, and then one later responds, but the response that they give or that they have is probably delayed and quite normal. I don't want to go through those normal stages of grief like the ones that we have by Kupla Ross, um, where we, we kind of talking about a lecture. But I'll just give a, a brief background of those different kinds of grief and what they mean. Okay. Is that okay with you? That's fine with me, thanks. Okay. And then there's what we call um, complicated grief, which is a, is, a, is a normal grief that becomes severe in longevity and significantly impairs one's ability to function, as what we spoke about earlier, mm. that one may probably have grieved for such a long time over a period of 10 years, and then later then it becomes very complicated, that it becomes very significant, that their lives become significantly impacted. So then at that point, one really needs to see someone that can help them deal with the grief in, in a different way because it then warrants for a psychological intervention. And there's what also we call um, masked grief, which can be a form of physiological symptom where one responds physiologically um, as they grieve, but there's a deep-seated psychological pain that they're experiencing. So there are, those, there are many, many other aspects of grief that are there which also go through different stages and different levels depending on one's subjective experience. I want to really encourage that that it is basically about one's subjective experience of what the loss means and at the same time when it gets to a point where it becomes really difficult to cope with, that those around are able to spot the differences and difficulties that one goes through and then that then warrants for an intervention which could be with a minister because issues of grief may not necessarily be psychological, but they may have a deep spiritual um, meaning to that um, because we're talking about death, we're talking about loss. So some people make meaning out of their spirituality and God. At the same time, psychologists could also be involved in the process and helping one be able to cope with all the difficulties that come with loss. Mm, that's very, very true. Let's talk about the people around those dealing with bereavement and loss. You know, especially in the workplace or in a social environment, you know, a friend has gone through uh, something like this and they are going through a tough time. Even at work, you know, somebody comes back from burying a loved one and they are in a very emotionally fragile state of mind or perhaps they are snappy and they're angry, whatever the case may be. They're trying to cope with grief and loss and you as the person around them, you know, 
how do you help them or how do you cope with them? You know, how should you treat them? Um, it's a very difficult one because all sometimes one needs when they have lost someone is just to be a listener. Sometimes avoid talking about the contents and the details of the loss itself. You can imagine, Kanye, when someone has just lost a child mm. or a premature baby, how difficult it would be for that kind of person to talk about the experience being asked, what happened, um, why, and how do you feel? Because essentially, really, when one has lost something, the meaning and the experience of what they're going through are difficult. So, so one, what needs is just to have a good listener, mm-hmm. ask them about their feelings, just sit with them, share feelings with them, ask really questions to do about their well-being, not about the contents of the event. And for me, presence is more than anything else. Yeah. And probably providing an empathic environment that when one really snaps, becomes the way they become, they, they become very hard at times to understand that it's really a process of healing. And healing may then require that they may be out of space, they may come back out of that difficulty. But what I'm trying to ascertain is the fact that sometimes being present, listening, and being empathic is all that you can do as a friend or as a family. And just to allow the process of time, you know, to take its course. Let's also now uh, also talk about the fact that eventually a person can come to a type of healing. Because I think that's the the part a lot of people don't, um, you know, get to in terms of understanding that it's a process. But you can get to a point where you are functional again, where you have joy and hope again, where you can actually move on and continue with life. Yeah, there is that point, um, healing. And, and healing, as I've said, that it is a constant process or a journey that one takes. And so I also want to emphasize, Kanye, that part of healing comes from our cultural background, the rituals we do, and ceremonies that we do as part of the healing process. And what do I mean by that? That one's culture, one's rituals and ceremonies may add a value or a role in the grieving process towards healing. Mm. So some cultures would realize that in the case of a loss, they may encourage that one visits the grave to have rituals that remember the person, we call those kind of things, remembering practices where during their day of death, during their birthday, during their accident day or whatever that comes or an event that surrounds um, the loss itself, that one celebrates that as part of the healing process. So grief, rituals, and ceremonies really acknowledges the pain of the loss itself, and that then contributes to the value of one's process of healing, at the same time acknowledging the fact that the loss itself is a meaningful experience that does not really then makes one get to a point where they can't heal. Mm. But those kind of practices and activities and ceremonies and rituals, they assist in the process of healing. And there may be many other things that one may decide to do as part of the healing process, 
And I'm of the view that, that healing is not an event, but a healing process. It is a process that then requires a series of events. It is a process that requires an acknowledgement that there is pain, that there is loss, but the loss itself becomes then to a point where one negotiates it to not become a difficult process, but a meaningful experience of making sense of what happened, at the same time allowing life to continue. Mm, wonderful. Thank you so much, uh, Anele. And before I, I, I let you go, uh, what, what is the role, as you said earlier on, of the religious uh, communities? Perhaps we just need to emphasize that point again. I know you mentioned that, you know, getting in touch with your local pastor, a counselor at church, to be able to talk about what you're going through. That, that is very, very important and because we believe in a holistic process that um, spirituality has got its own place in people's lives mm. in making sense. And remember, this, some of the things deal with the soul. No amount of psychology, no amount of medication or medical science may get to a point where we deal with the soul in issues of healing. Mm. And so that then requires a role of a minister who may go deeper theologically because some people may try to find meaning and difficulty of making sense of why God allowed this to happen, why me, all of those kind of deep theological, philosophical questions may be answered by a minister or a theologian or someone who's got a better understanding of spiritual matters. At the same time, psychologists also have a role in promoting positive mental health and making sure that one makes meaning out of the loss itself and that the meaning becomes um, a terrible process. So all of these processes may mean a number of things for different people, but I really encourage that one has support from family and one has support from friends, psychologists, and many other people that may add a factor in contributing to one's understanding of what healing means. Mm, wonderful. Thank you so much, Anele. Please give us your contact point. How do people get in touch with you that love to come for counseling or, you know, sessions for therapy at your practice and, and just generally get in touch with you? At Analysis 101 um, on Twitter, and analf underscore indigo uh, on Instagram. I'm also available an email on analysiswana.anele.siswana at yahoo.com. I am based in Grayston Drive um, at Ubuntu Family Health Center in Fenton. Thank you so much for being with us and always obliging us whenever we call upon you to come and join us on the show so that we can help South Africans, you know, deal with such issues. And especially at this time of day, Anele, you'll know that a lot of people are up because of such issues. And so it is our responsibility to help people be informed and be empowered.